Hashtag blessed. If you scroll around long enough on Facebook or Instagram, I can guarantee you're eventually going to come across at least one post with this hashtag. Blessed. It's kind of amazing how many things can fit under this hashtag category. Um, you know, there's, there's things you'll see, plenty of pictures of babies. Hashtag blessed. Pictures of happy families smiling together, having a good time. Hashtag blessed. You'll see pictures of people in cool places, exotic places around the world. Hashtag blessed. Pictures of fancy dinner dates at a fancy restaurant. Hashtag blessed. And all those experiences, they're, they're worth celebrating. They're worth being happy about. They really are. And maybe you've even dabbled in this and you've you slapped on your own hashtag blessed onto a social media post you've made when you're feeling in a particularly good mood about something. But the hashtag blessed posting kind of gets overused, don't you think? There's other kinds of posts you're going to see with that hashtag. You're, you're going to see pictures of people taking glamour shots of themselves when they think they're looking good. Hashtag blessed. You're going to see pictures of dudes with big biceps lifting weights in the morning. Hashtag blessed. You're going to see pictures of people's living rooms with the big brand new TV mounted on the wall. Hashtag blessed. And maybe hashtag blessed should be changed to hashtag bragging. Because that's kind of what those posts seem to be saying, don't they? Look at how fulfilling my life is. Look at how happy and, and fun my family is. Look what I can afford to do. Look what I can afford to have. I'm probably more blessed than you. And, and it's, I think it's kind of gotten so out of hand that even comedians are picking up on this. They're making fun of it. Uh, I saw one the other day. Uh, Four green lights in a row. Hashtag blessed. Or caught the piece of bacon that fell out of my sandwich before it hit the ground. Hashtag blessed. It's getting a little out of hand. And it seems like just about anything and everything could be considered blessed these days. So maybe, maybe it's time to take a deeper look at what it really means to be blessed. Maybe, it, maybe it's a good time to start looking at what, is, what does God say about being blessed? Maybe less about what does Instagram say about being blessed? Because when you look at the, the opening words of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount here, you, you start to realize, yeah, God's description of a blessed person, maybe not quite the same as mine, not quite the same as what I see on social media. God's definition of a blessed person, it seems backwards. And yet that's, that's kind of exactly what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. It's all about giving us a new perspective on things. Jesus, he, he gives us a clearer, a mountain view of what it means to live life as a Christian. He, he gives us a whole new way to count our blessings, a whole new perspective on what it really means to be blessed. And so whether you're a person that, that has post hashtag blessed, I'm, that's okay, you can do that. Or, or whether you're someone who feels like, I could never really say I'm hashtag blessed. Either way, this message 
from Jesus is for you. Jesus wants you to experience real blessedness, real happiness beyond what you see on social media. God's backward blessings bring real, deep, lasting happiness. And so first, it might be a good idea here to define what God's definition of blessed is. Uh, bless, blessed, it means so much more than just being happy. Like happiness is an emotion that's usually kind of dependent on outward circumstances. You could be happy one day, sad the next. Being blessed, God's definition, is the ultimate well-being of sharing in God's salvation. This is being happy in a deep, lasting manner. You, you could be incredibly blessed without necessarily being happy. In the same way, you could be super happy without really maybe being all that blessed. Again, God's definition of being blessed is the ultimate well-being of sharing in his salvation. Let's keep that in mind when we go forward here. And, and let's, let's take a look at these eight Beatitudes, as they're called. You'll notice the first four, they're about being blessed in our relationship with God. The last four, about being blessed in our relationship with other people. And some of them are going to sound very backwards, very contradictory to what the world says is blessed. Right away in the first one, you see this. Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Obviously here, we're not, we're not talking about physical poverty. And you'll notice that in all the Beatitudes, we're always talking about spiritual things rather than material things. So already you kind of see the difference in God's definition of blessed in social media and the world's definition of it. Jesus says, the person who feels like they're lacking in spiritual value, that person is blessed. And that doesn't really make the most sense to us. Someone who's poor in spirit doesn't seem like they'd be blessed. Wouldn't it be better to be, to be rich in spirit? What, what is God saying here? Maybe you can think of the parable of, of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Right? That Pharisee, he was up in front and he was so spiritually proud and self-sufficient, thought he had it all together. He had the hated tax collector in the back of the room beating his breast saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Guess which one of them was hashtag blessed? The one who realizes they have no spiritual value apart from what God can give them is the one who's blessed. When we are spiritual beggars, when we realize we need handouts from God, we are blessed. Blessed because God hands out the kingdom of heaven to us, not just the future home of heaven we're waiting for. Also, Jesus ruling in our hearts by faith means being part of the kingdom of heaven right now. And it all seems so backwards. But Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. The next beatitude, kind of the same deal here, right? Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. How many people suffering grief? Mourning the loss of a loved one, maybe, for example? How many people like that do you see posting, hashtag blessed, on social media? You don't. 
sadness and blessing aren't usually associated. It seems like if we're blessed, we should be happy. But here, think of the spiritual sense. This is spiritual grief, mourning over our sin and the, the broken relationship it causes between us and God. Really, Jesus, this type of person is blessed, one who mourns? Jesus says yes. He gives a promise. They will be comforted. What a promise. If Jesus says everything will be okay, then you know it really will be. If Jesus says, take heart, your sins are forgiven, then you know they are. The one who mourns over their sin already has the promise of comfort for their soul. The next one, this, in my opinion, might be the most backwards of all of them. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. This, this is kind of the opposite of what the world says, right? Usually isn't it the brave, the confident, the extroverted, strong-willed person who's going to find success and, and have everything they need in life? Meek people? They don't get much. Maybe the one thing they get is they get taken advantage of. A meek person is maybe not going to defend themselves when they should. A meek person maybe runs away from a challenge. Really, God? A meek person is blessed. How, how is someone who's meek going to inherit the earth? Again, there's a spiritual shading here. This is talking about being meek and humble in our attitude toward God. This means that we look to God for our confidence and our strength rather than ourselves. And God says the person who is meek in this way will inherit the earth. In other words, they're, they're going to have every earthly thing that they need provided, and they're going to have the earthly home, or the, the heavenly home, waiting for them too. A new earth. And as we move on to the next one, you know, I don't think you're going to find any problems looking for these, these big family dinners full of bunches of food with a hashtag blessed on them. But not so much what Jesus is saying here. He says the opposite. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. It doesn't make a lot of sense to us either. How is being spiritually hungry and thirsty a blessing? Wouldn't, wouldn't we be more blessed if we were spiritually filled up? This is all about recognizing what we need for our spiritual survival. Just, just like you need, you need food and you need drink for physical survival, we need God's righteousness to be given to us for our spiritual survival. The one who is empty will be filled. And the one who thinks they're already full of their own righteousness is going to end up empty. It all seems backwards, but this is Jesus trying to, to show us where to look for our righteousness, that we can't bring our righteousness to the table with God and measure up, but he gives us righteousness so we measure up, so we can be at God's table with him. Jesus wants us to see where to look for that spiritual survival. And as we head into the, the last four Beatitudes then, right, we're changing our focus to our relationship with others. And I think you can kind of group the next three together. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
And the reason I think you can group these together is because at first glance, you look at these and they don't maybe look as backwards as some of the other ones. Kind of makes sense. If you show mercy, you're going to get some mercy back. That seems like a good trade-off. But when you look a little closer at these, doesn't it kind of sound like maybe I have to be weak? I kind of got to be a pushover in my interactions with other people. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Being merciful, right? That means giving someone something they don't deserve. Might mean helping someone out before they ever even would have thought about helping you. It might mean being merciful is giving someone a second chance when they really didn't deserve it at all. That could be risky. Being pure in heart, I don't know, that one kind of sounds to me like I got to be innocent and naive. I'm pure in heart. And maybe if we have these genuine, sincere motivations, we're not going to reach our goals as quickly in life as someone who works the angle, who, who looks like they're doing good stuff, but really they have a hidden agenda. They might reach what they want before we do when we're all genuine and sincere. And then being a peacemaker, okay, that one sounds like being a pushover. Even, even the Jews of Jesus' day, they wanted Jesus to come as a warrior, not a peacemaker. They wanted him to free them from Rome, to, to give them victories, to establish an earthly kingdom of God. And, and when you look through our, our history of this world, you're going to see it's usually the warriors, not the peacemakers, who are going to get their way in this world. And so for us being a peacemaker, what's that going to look like? It might, it might mean being the one to take that first step of offering forgiveness in a long-held family grudge between two people and maybe getting burned by it. Kind of backwards. Seems like being a peacemaker, being merciful and pure in heart is risky and you could get, it, you could get taken advantage of when people find out that's the type of person you are. But Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. They'll be shown mercy by God, if not by other people. Blessed are the pure in heart. They get the ultimate gift of seeing God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they get a new title, recognized as children of God. And then as we head into the last beatitude, we get back to our backward ways here. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Really, God, being persecuted is a blessing? How many believers do you see taking selfies with a burning church behind them? Hashtag blessed. It would be ridiculous. But the Lord says, persecuted people are blessed people. He says, if, if someone insults you or tells evil lies about you because of your faith, you should be happy and rejoice about that. Really? Seems so backwards. And yet it all comes full circle. The first beatitude and the last one. What's the reward? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. People who've got it bad right now have good things coming. As backward as it sounds. After reading Jesus' description of a blessed person, it's maybe not exactly what we expected. It's maybe not exactly what we always want to be. Meek, poor in spirit, thirsty, hungry, persecuted. Eh, maybe I don't want to be so blessed after all. Not if, not if that's what it looks like. 
It sounds so backward, so unhappy. It also sounds hard. When we look at Jesus' description of a blessed person, well, we're not so sure we fit the description. We, we look at what are the, the things that qualify a blessed person, being meek, being pure of heart, humble, and poor in spirit, persecuted. Maybe, maybe I'm not so sure I am those things. We start to wonder if we really are blessed, if we really can be blessed, because I just don't seem to fit the description Jesus gives here. I tend to be proud instead of meek and poor in spirit, hungry for plenty of things, maybe not always for righteousness, and maybe instead of forgiving or, or being a peacemaker, being merciful, I'd rather just hold a grudge or, or get revenge. And how can I ever claim to be pure in heart? Even our best motivations, things we do for the right reasons, they, they seem to always get tainted with just a little bit of selfishness that I can get something for me. I look at Jesus' description of a blessed person here, and not only does it sound backwards, it seems out of reach for someone like me. And the, the crazy thing is, if that's how you feel, then you're right where you need to be. Then you're looking for blessings and righteousness and hope from God, not yourself. And there's something we desperately need to realize about the Beatitudes here. These Beatitudes, they're not telling us what we must become in order to be blessed. Here Jesus is telling us what we are because he's already poured out his blessings to us. Jesus is the key to receiving all the blessings he promises here. Jesus is the key to fitting the description of a blessed person. We get it through him. Jesus is the key to being blessed with the ultimate well-being of sharing in God's salvation. Just look at that list again. Jesus is the one who gives us all the things he promises. Jesus preaches good news to the poor, telling them, go home justified before God. When we come to the foot of Jesus' cross, heavy and, and grieving over our sins, we hear the words, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus was the meek and lowly servant for every time that we couldn't be. The one who said, take my yoke upon you. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, you will find rest for your soul. Jesus is the bread of life who satisfies our hunger for righteousness because God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, he showed perfect mercy. Even as he died on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus, he was the peacemaker who came to earth Christmas night, the peacemaker between us and God. As he was persecuted, dying on the cross, he went through with it, even though he didn't deserve it, to open the door of the kingdom of heaven to you and me. Jesus is the source of all these blessings. 
They're already yours, even if you can't always fit the description he gives here. You have the blessing of the ultimate well-being that comes with sharing in God's salvation, and that, that defines who you are. So now you are a peacemaker. You are pure of heart. You are thirsty for righteousness. That's who you are because of what Jesus has given you. And being a blood-bought follower of Christ means you have real, deep, lasting happiness. Not just a bubbly kind of happiness, but a deep contentment that Jesus is going to take care of us who depend on him. And so whether you're, you're poor in spirit or persecuted or hungry or tired or sad, then, even then, especially then, you are blessed, even if it looks like the opposite to the world. Because if the world got to choose what it means to be blessed, then we could replace Jesus' words here with, blessed is the person who can post their babies and, and puppies on Instagram. Blessed is the person who has all the comforts of life. Blessed is the person who has the most photogenic family out there. And those are certainly blessings. But if that's all it meant to be blessed, then we'd have a pretty shallow definition of it. Instead, being blessed is measuring how blessed you are in Jesus. Let's take the mountain view of what it means to be blessed with Jesus in the center of every blessing. Amen.